Welcome back to the Rural Roundup, hosted by me, Kerry Hammond. This show is produced in association with the Scottish Government. On today's episode, George and Robert are joined by Lorna Galloway, a consultant at SAC Consulting. They discuss developments in agricultural technology, opportunities for efficiencies, and discuss what tech might look like in the future. Hi, Robert. How are things down in here? Wet. Very, very, very wet. <laughs> so, I think it's the same all over. Yep. No, certainly, we've had a good run. I've said that before, we've had a good run, but certainly the last two or three days have been pretty challenging, and this morning is pretty wild. But but life goes on. You know how it goes. It's middle of November, so yeah, it was well terrain just now. Yeah. Um, what's happening up the road? Um. Well, not much. Basically, because we've got the same problem as you. Lots of rain, and um, it, it just when you think things are starting to dry up a wee bit, uh, we get more rain. Um, it's uh, yeah, some of the winter crops are starting to suffer now. Certainly north of Aberdeen, obviously below the below the um, Stonehaven, and that it's uh, it's much much worse. I noticed it as much as I've ever noticed it. This morning was our roads were were wet but clean until we got to. The more arable areas and certainly there's a lot of soil kicking about there's a lot of erosion and, and stuff happening and it, it you know it does beg the question sometimes you know, the winter winter cropping it's a wee bit of a lottery we know it's a lottery but certainly it's a for some there's been wheat going in too late wet weather conditions it's just been a, a tricky old season yeah, um, seeds sitting in the bag, and I think the temptation is if it if it all worked, just go for it, and maybe desperation starts creeping a wee bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, um, wheat is remarkably hardy, um, but uh, yeah, sometimes even it can struggle. Yeah, yeah. So I've also got Lorna Galloway uh, with me today. So Lorna's a a agricultural consultant, works out of our Stranraer office, and. Uh, Soil specialist and all things technology and livestock related, a, a bit of a guru as well. So we're really lucky to have Lorna with us today as well, George. Yeah. Well, thanks Hello. for inviting me along. It's uh, good to catch up with you both. Yeah. Um. We're yeah. We're going to talk about technology today. Um. And we're reaching that time of year when there's a lot of these big events, Agri Scott and such like, and there's often things unveiled then that that make folks lives easier make folk more efficient um what are you seeing coming down the tracks what's starting to excite you about technology i think it's as you said george agri scott's always a, or for us down here agri scott's always the the showcase and the, and the point in the year where it's, it's a real business show and you see lots of new and emerging technologies and things coming forward and, and i think what what I can see is it's, it's very, very busy out there. There's so much stuff available now to farmers and it's sometimes difficult to you know, to see the wood for the trees. What, what's yeah. the thing? There's so many options out there, but what's the thing that's actually going to really have a benefit, you know, a, a quick a quick return for your business? Um, but, the, I mean, the level of technology in, in all sectors, all bits of our business now, there's options for data recording and a... You know, new systems for all sorts of things. So, and I think that's going to keep keep going going forward. You know, I think there's a there's a demand from industry, and also as things begin to get cheaper and better, 
the industry's fairly stepping up to the plate and supplying a lot of what the market's actually needing. I think the agricultural sector now seems to be a bit more adept, adept at uh, utilising, adapting the technologies. Um, we're starting to see more and more uh, apps and such like become available on mobile phones. A lot of the time farmers are going about, by the time they get back into the office, they're probably pretty tired. Uh, whereas they're on the go, they see the livestock, they, they're walking through the crops, whatever. The fact they can do it now on the move, it, it, it's it's much, much better, much more handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, a really valid point there, George. Everybody's got more time pressure on them, so it's about finding the technology that works for you, you can get your head around and more importantly has got the support if you need it you know just until you get yourself up to speed or if something goes wrong you know that there's somebody on the end of the phone that can can talk you through it but it's about finding finding the technology that is actually going to save you the time and make your life easier one one area i'm talking a lot about at the moment is virtual fencing collars so looking at with, there's various podcasts and things I've done in them in the past, but they really are an, an emerging technology that I think for for many, a uh, particularly in the up the west coast in the in the extreme uplands, I think the those are probably a bigger step forward than the quad bike was when it came in. You know, the, the potential of them is is colossal. There's also so much potential there. The exciting bit is at the moment all that collar's doing is telling you where the animal is, whether it's moved, and creating the virtual fence to keep it where it is. Going forward, and I think very soon, we'll start to see more competition in that market and more things being added into the collar. So the other collars that are on the go, and, and either collars or pedometers on legs, are in the dairy industry and in the intensive beef industry. We get all the rumination and fertility data and things coming through from a pedometers and I think soon we'll see the two worlds colliding there and that's have a collar that provides you a virtual fence but also tells you what the temperature of the animal is whether she's ruminating whether she's fertile whether she's been bulled all these things and it really goes from at the moment the uplands is a really data sparse environment you know there's not a lot of information can be gathered from hill cows but if, if there's something around its neck that can gather that data for us, the power of that is colossal. So I'm really quite quite excited about that coming forward. I, th- I think that's the important thing. It, it, the technology, it's not just the technology, it's actually how you use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, very easy to be submerged spreadsheets and spreadsheets of data. But if you kind of turn that into something tangible, um, and some of the companies now seem to be realising that. Um, it, it's how how to make this work the best. It's not just telling you which beast is growing fastest, which which bulls calves are the, are, the, are the most efficient. It's how you interpret that, you know, and and, and that's, that's that's the most important thing, really. Yeah, and I think the one, do you use the system you've got? So a lot of people are weighing cattle. Do they use that system that they've got to its full ability? You know, is it maxed out or is there room to actually optimize that system you know update it do whatever and and get the information out that you need because you look at some of the 
options that are available, some of them are so extreme and so so much information that too much information in a livestock yeah. system can be pretty counterproductive as well. So I think before you go to AgriScot or the Christmas Classic or whatever else you're you're seeing a lot of salesmen together, make sure that you know what you're looking at and make sure you're not just buying buying shiny kit for the sake of buying shiny kit. Yeah, I, I think it's also important to remember that when you certainly I mean I've been to meetings and that and within the tractors and that and it's not just a nice new shiny tractor. The the level of technology in them the tractor driver of twenty years ago um, and attracted tractor driver in the next five, 10 years' time is going to be a completely different person. They're going to need a completely different skill set. Um, and for somebody younger coming through, um, there's going to be terrific opportunities there. Um, it's not just going to be capable of going out and sorting a tractor with a hammer and out with a grease gun and that now and again. You're really going to know your stuff, the telemetrics and that, it's there. Um, it's phenomenal, really. I do wonder whether, you know, the when the system doesn't work you know at some point if the gps signal drops or whatever does the new operator so the, the wee guy that's coming or girl that's coming forward just now learning how to drive a tractor if the gps stops working can they still cut a break yeah you know, can they yeah. still can they still plow themselves or are we you know are we creating almost it's actually a wee robot that's sitting up in the you know, it's a person, but it's they're, they're behaving like a robot. Yeah, I've, I've heard of vegetable producers, actually, that they obviously they have got all the top-notch GPS equipment and that, but once a week or every so often, they'll switch off all the signals so that the operators, for a half hour or an hour, they are doing it, you know. It's to test them, so they keep their hand in, basically, so they, they can adapt. They Netflix on pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lorna, what, what about... So in the soils world, um, GPS soil sampling and, and technology associated with that, are you seeing a big uptake in, in that in the southwest now? Yeah, I think through the PSF, the Pathway to Sustainable um, Farming, you know, that funding has probably helped give people a wee push further forward with spending a bit more on soil sampling or doing more soil sampling. Again, it, it, you know, whether it's the the tech that's in the tractor, the tech that's in the collars, it the GPS soil sampling is producing a phenomenal amount of information. And fundamentally, whether you do a basic soil sample where you've walked a W or you do GPS soil sampling, it's what you do with that data and using it to influence your decision making. And again, just my kind of word of advice to people would be as much as you're scoping out the various kits, the, the various methods um, or companies that are doing the soil sampling, it's the support, it's the people you're going to be speaking to about you know, getting that information onto the tractor for the lime spreader to, to be able to, to you know, spread your lime variable rate. So it's, yeah, there's, it's the people and it's using, using the data and I think sometimes we underestimate how much information can be generated from technology and 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 really don't use the data the way we could. And that's that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's also about the right the right people getting hold of the data. So we have a lot of dairy farmers here who use the light source of fertility. So uh breeding company comes in daily and does 
the fertility for that herd, the actual the data that their heat time system or their you know the, the information they're picking up, they don't ever actually know that or need to know it. You know, it's in the hands of the company who's dealing with it. And at the end of the day, that dairy farmer is paying for a service, getting the service, and their fertility is better than it would be if they weren't getting the service. So I wonder if in the agronomy world and things that's kind of where we're going as well as we don't we don't necessarily need to know or use all the data we're getting we need to know that the right people in the chain and you've got the right people in the chain that can make the most of the information you're giving them because yeah. historically we've been as farmers we've needed to be jack of all trades you know you're mm-hmm. you're a plumber one minute and then you're a vet and then you're you know you've got so much on maybe this is the time with technology and, and data and and scalable farming maybe this is the point where we do start to outsource more stuff yeah i think it's about looking at the team who's the team on your farm and we probably historically always thought that was you know the family or or staff but it's actually that wider circle it's you know it's your vet it's your agronomist it's um you know trust people that you trust to help you make good decisions and accept that you know we we don't have time um and we only have a finite amount of brain space you know to to learn everything so find the people that that you trust and respect and are are going to be on on your team because essentially your team can be your limiting factor if you're spreading yourself too thin yeah i think the other thing to remember is that technology invariably costs money and if you're spending that money, you've got to get the best of it, you know, and, and, and if that means utilising somebody to look at it, to interpret it, then maybe that's just what you have to do to get the best return. I think it's amazing what, you know, that there have been various grants and things in recent years for technology and particularly focusing, or, or Amford particularly focusing on the, the livestock end of things. And I, I always find it amazing what, what some people can do with a really cheap entry level setup and can do really, really good targeted selected treatment for worm wormers and, and all sorts of stuff. And then some people have the the polar opposite, have all the bells and whistles and, and don't really use yeah. it. And yeah. it and really it's about valuing your time and your money at you know in an equal measure and yeah. making sure you've got the system that does what you need it to do you know, appropriately, but but make sure you're sweating what you've paid for, make sure you're pushing it hard. And yeah. I've I've been speaking to Scotty ID a bit about hey, their Laura One network and and sensor technology. So where they're at now is using really cheap sensors that really you know, basically binary on off type sensors and then really high end computer programs that are actually interpret interpreting the information that comes back. And it's interesting to see how those types of things, you know, we, we don't talk in farming much about things, you know, things getting cheaper. It's not happening at the moment. However, in the technology world, there are things becoming cheaper or significantly better for the same price. And certainly th- those things that, you know, you look, even go to um, electronic tagging, UHF tags for cattle, which I, I really strongly hope come forward very soon but the UHF tagging for cattle is basically driven by UHF tagging of everything else in the logistics world so Amazon and and other companies are all 
UHF tagging their, their products. So the tags are cheap, the systems are good, and actually you can create a really good UHF system for cattle without spending a great deal of money. And then you've got a quick, easy to operate system. Yeah. But it sounds like a lot of the tech now, technology is there already. It's just, yeah. In it, setting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really just needs farmers to want it. You know, I yeah. think that's the bit that there's not a massive push. And that's because I think probably because we've got the, I think when we got the species in the wrong order, you know, we did sheep first and we've used it to a greater or lesser extent on, on farms, but most people are just using it for movements. Yeah. Whereas in the cattle world, I think we would have embraced it a lot, a lot quicker, a lot better. And a, certainly those who have gone EID, whether it's, to be fair, whether they've gone LF or UHF, they've they've gained an awful lot of data into their business and built systems that work really well. And certainly when we go UHF down the line, there's nothing to be feared. Those guys who are already low frequency and working well will fit fine into that system and remain low frequency. Um, but yeah, I think that's the bit of technology that's, there's a wee bit, it's not a frustration, but there's just a, a I'm really looking forward to when that does come through and when we can see the, the real the real value of that coming forward. Yeah. Someone else that is probably quite important with technology is, and, and certainly having been involved in, in pig projects in the past, and labour is a big, big issue. And it's trying to get labour at all levels, really, uh, to come in and starting to see things like even robotic washers and things like that. It's to take out some of the... Um, more simpler tasks, and and that's important because all sectors I've got sort of there's just a lack of people, and um, the more mechanisation I think we can take in, probably that it's going to solve a problem in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. That's similar story that we're hearing down in the southwest and in a more of a kind of dairy country. We're seeing a lot more robots going in to just get round um, the, the labour issue. Not saying that the robots are really doing away with labour units on the farm necessarily, but they are helping to make it a more attractive proposition for people coming into the industry. And, and combined with that, the level of information that is being produced from the robots is, is allowing there to be kind of greater efficiencies on farm. So there's definitely been a a big a big switch that way um and i think it, i suppose it comes down to really sitting down looking at your system and identifying what's the need where's the opportunities perhaps before you speak to the salesman and you're sold something and then you wonder how that's going to fit into your system so i would yeah identify the need first see where the opportunity is whether that's to mechanize some tasks or it's to gather data which then essentially you know lets you manage your herd or your flock more efficiently get greater output maybe without reducing you know with it without increasing stock numbers i was talking to dairy farmer the other day who's not not a particularly big dairy farmer but they are probably aye, about about average kind of couple hundred cows they currently milk for six hours a day and somebody's currently scraping for more than three hours a day. And 
it's obviously that includes a lot of young stock and followers and beef cattle and things, but there's a lot of labour there that could be deployed to to other stuff. However, the the, the labour issue, the technology, and to some extent, is a a stick in plaster because you know it it helps, it reduces the amount of labour we need, but ultimately we still need that level of we need a level of skilled labour on a farm to to make the thing happen. You know, yeah. we're not going to be all robotic or all... We've got a tremendous story to tell, and we've said it before, we've got a great story to tell about the industry, how exciting it all is. We just accidentally don't tell people it or just tell ourselves it. Um, so I think we've all got a marketing job to do to potential workers, and it's not. this is not being critical of people who don't have workers because everyone's struggling, but we do have good stories to tell, and we have a, a sustainable business model that's going to be here, has to be here for eternity really yeah and i think lorna made a good point that perhaps having the robots don't actually reduce the overall hours worked but the time actually instead of um washing cleaning scraping slurry and not like that's reduced so you can actually the the farmer or the unit manager can use his brain for actually managing the unit and that that's much more you know that's that's important stuff it's also about enjoying what you do. Yeah. Um. We've yeah. we've used technology at home, um, for our sheep flock, um, with a, an automated handler, and we've got an automatic drenching gun, um, and it's just a far happier place yeah. than it was six years ago, as well as having the extra information. So, you know, I think there is a le- a, a level where it's you know, using technology to enjoy the job more as a whole and, and i'm not using lorna as the example of old people but we are in an aging industry so we've got more older people running running beef and sheep systems or any systems and actually those handlers that technology allows us to continue doing the jobs we want to do for longer in our lives yeah. so I, I hope when i'm old and, and done with consultancy i can still be at home and working with sheep and doing jobs like that but not getting trailed round a pen and getting my probably new knees by that stage bashed by big crochets and things you know it's one one of the things that i have found over the last few years as we've been evolving this handling system and how we're using data and how we're recording it has been uh, getting to grips with it that is quite challenging i'm probably not the most patient of people with technology um, but I have been quite fortunate to have a couple of good people who have supplied the technology that have, have been patient with teaching me how to use it and also speaking to uh, colleagues or fellow farmers, I think, is the most valuable thing. You know, they've if they've had something in for a couple of years, they've probably found the pros and cons to it so you can save your yourself a bit of hassle. So I think, it, it you know, when it comes to looking at technology it's identifying the need but it's it's getting the wee network of folk that's going to help you get to grips with it and and use it properly so that it isn't just an expensive toy that's sitting in the cupboard and you walk past it going oh I should really get that out um you know it's it's something valuable the, the other one maybe to fling in this is a shameless plug for a meeting that Lorna and I were involved in um really we need to look at the systems as well so there's the the labor involved in the sheep system that we're running at the moment but then there's also taking the step back and looking at what 
why do we do what we do? Why do we have to do some of these routine procedures to sheep? And how do we breed those out of the system or develop systems that are less reliant on labour, less reliant on, not, not less reliant on technology, but certainly less reliant on handlings and, and human intervention? Yeah. So I think there's a huge role for technology in that, but I think technology is the thing that will allow us to make significant system change while still remaining, remaining output, retaining output and remaining profitable. Yeah, there's lots of pieces to the farming puzzle and technology is just, just one of them. We'll never do away with the need for people and the need for, you know, educated and motivated people to to drive our farming systems forward but technology is one wee piece of the puzzle that um can i think you know it's going to become a larger piece as we go forward i find it really it's really exciting and daunting for us as consultants so we are trusted people in a lot of businesses there's a lot of businesses using lots of different bits of kit and coming back to us with lots of different bits of data and expecting us to process it all so it's it's really quite you know it's amazing how quick some people are engaging with us and, and i do think if we fast forward to you know look at 2033 i think there's going to be a serious amount of data in in this industry and in, in all sectors within this industry so it's really really exciting but the key at the moment is don't make sure we don't invest so much money in technology that we're bust before 2033 20, Okay, so I'm not particularly takey-minded or, you know, never into sci-fi, never really forward-thinking that way. But when I think about my clients or I think about my own business and I think about what I, you know, how I want that to look in 10 years' time, to me it's about access to the information it's it's having it in one place it's enabling my vet or my agronomist or my consultant or my accountant to be able to dip into that information so it's it's connecting my soil analysis laying that over you know silage forage analysis taking that through to livestock for performance and taking that through to money in the bank so that's for the future that's where I see evolution. I think furthering that one, I think animal health is the area where we probably we've got some work to do and there's some really good programs coming forward to do with proactive proper health planning and what I find really interesting there is how close the vet is to what we do as business consultants so we get a really proactive constant real-time health heard health plan which actually just about marries into my business review so we'll end up the thing just merges in together so that heard health becomes financial budgeting becomes profitability rather than seeing it all in isolation so i think there's a, a heap of stuff like that coming forward and it's we've certainly there's was one really not far away on that front yeah i, th- I think i can see maybe more and more um Maybe more, I don't know if AI is the right word, but um, technology having more control and processes uh, and just the machine actually basically minding the vote so that farmers only know when 
something is wrong, basically. Something kicks in. Uh, and we've got a lot of those processes already. Um, but I can see that being a big difference. Monitoring uh, and monitoring and control. Uh, just to take a bit of the pressure off, really. Um, and it just gives farmers a bit more control going forward. I can see, I can see that coming in more and more. Uh, using, whether it's machinery with telemetrics, monitoring, the, monitoring our yields and things like that, all the way through to buildings, and, and that's maybe more the intensive livestock, um, where we've already seen that, that a lot of the, uh, whether it's feeding, uh, ventilation and that, pr- pr- providing that perfect environment, um, I can see more and more of that coming in. Yeah, we were on a, a farm a few months ago where it was, a, you know, technology wonderland, everything was there. Um, with a automatic sheep handler and all sorts of things, and the farmer, you know, everybody was oohing and eyeing about everything that was available to him, and he said, "I'll show you the two most important bits of technology in my business." And he put his hand in one pocket and pulled out his phone, and said, "Basically, that was his, the main data recording bit was a some his program, but most of it was just a photograph." And he put his hand in his other pocket and pulled out a set of lugging pliers. So basically. If anything puts a foot wrong, you put a mark in its ear and you kill it out of the system. Mm. So we've got all the exciting technology and stuff, but the fundamentals of simple selection pressure won't change. And I think there's so much we can do without without technology. If we just start putting a wee bit more pressure on things, we can you know, we, we can see the benefits, benefits of that in future generations. Yeah. I think that demonstrates the point, though, about using yeah. the data from the technology. Yeah. You know, he, he's, make, he's making management decisions with very simplistic tools mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> from some complex technology. So that's a great example of it, you know, mm-hmm. technology in action, really. Yeah. His thing, you can, you, and he does, you can read the tag, you can record the information on the system and you know exactly what why that animal's had its ear marked. But then if its tag falls out, you don't know who she is. So if you yeah. nick an end out of lug, you know who she is and she's down the road for whatever reason she's down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just comes down to just, just what we've been saying. It's not necessarily the level of technology, it's how you use it. You get the best out of it. And finding out about technology, it, it's... Obviously, we've covered that there's various events um, go on. Um, it's also worth finding out from um, farmer networks, your peers and such like, they, because very often they've put them in place. Yeah, and and I think it's if somebody's if something's made a made a difference to a business, people want to talk about it. You know, we we are not everybody's the same, but as an industry, we're pretty good at sharing. We're pretty, or we're, we're good at sharing when we're asked. We don't necessarily have a, a forum to share easily. But if you go and ask someone the question, go if, you, if you're wondering about putting a certain bit of kit in, go and see it working out, or even better, go and work it. You know, Go yeah. and give them a couple hours work and see, see how it actually works on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and ask questions like, if you were doing it again, what would you do differently? Yeah, yeah. quite, um, quite often you find that these more, I don't know if early adopters is the, is the right word or not, but uh, they're quite passionate about technology and that. And chances are they've done, they've gone down the wrong path. Now and again, they've, they've, they've found things that are wrong and, and they've worked at their system. It's not 
you know, it's not by luck they've ended up where they're at. They've, 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 they've fine-tuned it. Uh, and, and sometimes it's better to learn from other people's mistakes rather than your own. And, yeah, it's a, it's a great way of finding out and, and, and just learning more and seeing how you could take from somebody else and plonk it onto your farm and make it work for you. Yeah, I think that's a good point, George. It's about it's about persevering with it. You can save yourself a bit of time in finding out how somebody else has got to the point that it's useful, but it's also knowing, you know, what do I want this to do? And it's it's it'll always be tweaking. It might be adding, you know, new bits into your your technology system, but it's you know, if you know where you want to go and you know then you know what you want it to do, you know, a bit of perseverance and patience which is again not my strong suit <laughs> you see also the so there's obviously sales people out there who are pushing products hard there's also now social media influencers and all sorts of people out there who are paid to promote a certain product or, or they're, they're incentivized to promote a certain product the farmer isn't you know generally if you go to the the, the person at the coal face you'll get the honest answer and, you know, if you look back to the, the first iPhone that came out, it was an absolute revolution. Nobody had ever seen anything like it. What a difference. It was rubbish. You know, it, it was it was a, a step on a journey. So you see the, the issue in technology is those who jumped on at that stage have been on the, the iPhone journey or the, the smartphone journey ever since. Those that waited for the iPhone to be perfect don't have one yet. So there's issues in all these things, but asking the people, that the actual users at the coalface is so important to make sure you get the thing that's right for what, what you need. And either you spend a wee bit more money to get exactly what you need, or you save a lot of money because the, the super duper one isn't the one you need, you need the entry level one. So yeah, ask lots of questions. Also just again, the Farm Advisory Service website has a bit of technology quite a lot of technology stuff on there and also the the faz app has just been relaunched as well with quite a few handy tools in there as well because a lot of this we've talked about maybe the high level technology stuff the the, the big complicated stuff but there are simple tools and calculators and things there that also can have a, a real benefit to your business as well so i'd encourage everybody to have a wee look at the faz website and have a wee go at the app Okay, Lorna, uh, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's been a pleasure, George, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up next week after AgriScot to see what what new um, new technology is emerging and anything exciting. Yeah. I should really apologise to Lorna. She came to the Air Office to do another job and I sprung this on her. So, but yeah, she's done a great job. Thank you, Lorna. Yeah, okay. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rural Roundup. We'll see you back here on the 6th of December for our next episode. The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.